This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Recording. Hey everyone, and welcome to the. Wait, too loud. Too loud. Because I wasn't your vo- testing voice, Mike. You were giving me your testing voice, so I had I had <laughs> your, holiday, your channel voice. way longer. Okay. Your holiday voice. Okay, Sorry. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> your holiday voice is too jovial. I'll try to tone down the joy for yeah, this holiday more, edition. Yeah, yeah, more morose. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special holiday edition of Ages and Icons. I'm Mike Crisologo. And I'm Gina Bucci. Ho, 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 Mike. Ho. <laughs> Was that a little um, uh, Mr. Hanky? What? It sounded like Mr. Hanky from South know. Park. Oh, his, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a little, little hi ho. Oh, I think so. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, what else goes on? The, Festivus, of course. Yes, Festivus, don't forget <laughs> To Festivus, everybody. Yeah. And so, to you, Mike. And to you, Gina, and to everybody listening, thanks so much. This is uh, sort of a, a special show for us because, you all right over there? Yeah, no, I just, <laughs> I'm like, why do tables have legs? Gina's having some trouble. All the time. See, too much spiked eggnog already. Mm-hmm. No, it's, uh, it's a special show for us because it's also, uh, aside from being a holiday episode, sort of our one-year anniversary doing this together, Gina. Yes, we recorded uh, our first podcast. This is kind of cocky of us. was a year-end holiday <laughs> yeah. podcast last year. <laughs> our debut yeah, was our a year-end debut. holiday podcast. I was like, let's celebrate us. That was our debut. And you guys could find that on, uh, <laughs> let's do some housekeeping now because the per- segue is perfect, on everythingzoomer.com, um, in our podcast section, Ages and Icons. And you can find all of our podcasts there, including our very first one a year ago, our holiday year's end podcast. So we're on everythingzoomer.com, obviously. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. So that would be Ages and Icons, uh, A-N-D, Ambersand will, might not work for you. <laughs> How come some, you know what, this is my, I'm going to make my, my 2019 New Year's wish right now. I hope the Your internet resolution? gets, yeah, no wish, it's a wish. Oh, okay. It's a wish for the future, it's a wish for mankind. Oh. I'm going to forego my wish for peace this year, because <laughs> if we only get to make one, this is it, because it's more important. The Ambersand on the internet, I... I'm tired of seeing it being all coded weird. You know what I mean, Mike? Well, you'll see like A, M, a colon, P, and like that is supposed to be coding for ampersand. And I just hope that the whole world gets it right in 2019. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome, world. <laughs> You're welcome. techie problems. Hashtag who needs world peace when we can solve. They could change that and like 99% of people wouldn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be the only one happy. I would. We'd have no, no world peace. Okay. I mean, so. it, it, what we're talking about the year in review and before we get uh, our guests in here to, to sort of join us and talk about the, the world as a whole and some of the cultural items we wanted to get uh, down into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk just sort of you and I, Gina, because we don't talk enough. I feel like oh. you and I. Basically, we don't ever see each other until we come into this booth and then that's the only time we speak to each other. Mike and Jeannie, um, bye. 
<laughs> so uh, before we bring in our guests in a couple minutes to sort of talk about uh, the year as a whole, looking back uh, at 2018, I wanted to ask you, Gina, just, you know, we've done this podcast for a year. We've had uh, 15 shows. What was uh, maybe one of your most favorite moments doing Ages and Icons? See, audience, um, I've been listening to Mike's interview style for quite a while, and he just did something that is, is amazing. <laughs> he does this in many interviews where he's like, it's like he has this conversational question. A, a novice such as myself would just say, so, uh, Mike, w- what was your favorite podcast? Like, tell me. But not Mike. He works it into this conversational tone. You see? You see, you see what he did there? And he breaks you down, and you're like, wow, this guy's friends with me, even if you just met him. <laughs> that is... The magic of Mike Crisologo's interview style. And that's why it gets the goods, guys. We've been working together for a year, and you just had that feeling that maybe I'm your friend. I just... (laughs) It's taken a year. I just got on. I just got on. So um, to answer... To answer that, Mike, because, you know, you got me to open up. You you get people... That's what you do. He gets us to open up. Uh, Molly Johnson, for me, because... uh, Well, she was just a delight. She was our first in-studio guest... Totally game. So fun. If you guys haven't heard that episode with Molly Johnson, it's terrific. I think it's like our fourth or fifth episode, I believe. But it's something. She, I've something interviewed like her like four or five times, yeah. and she's one of my favorite people to interview. Yeah, so fun. So Molly, for sure, all the way. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Oh, you know what? Let me try with Mike. So Mike, you... Okay, and I can't do it. Mike, so what about you? What's your favorite pod? Uh, you know, it's been kind of a... I was looking back, and it's like, holy cow, we have Rob Reiner and Michael Caine and... Uh, you know, so many huge names, Daryl Hammond, David Sedaris. I had two favorites, actually. Uh, one was Jane Seymour, mm. because you and I got to go together. Usually I'm off on my own doing the interview, and then we come in and, and record our intros and stuff here, and, and you edit it. But Jane Seymour, you and I got to go together to the hotel downtown where she was staying in Toronto and talk to her. And she's so, she's like Molly. She's so open and funny and honest and like just a very real person. And, and we talked to her about everything from... Uh, her career to posing in Playboy at 67 years old and, you know, to everything. Yeah, that was uh, released this year, right? That Playboy? Uh... Yeah, yeah. And we were going to talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, she became the oldest person to ever pose in Playboy, the oldest woman. Um, and also the other podcast that I loved was Michael Palin. Um, because everybody who's read that book of his Erebus, about uh, the Erebus ship that went to, the, to find right. the Northwest Passage and such... Um, has loved that book. But Michael Palin is one of my heroes from uh, Monty Python. I interviewed Terry Jones of Monty Python a few years ago for Zoomer. And now to be able to sit down with Michael Palin and that he was as kind and funny as he was. And this is something that didn't make it to air, but uh, you'll remember, Gina. The the podcast ended. We were in like a little, um, uh, sort of like a room, just a room. Um, and the podcast ended. We finished recording. We thanked him. But then the person who was supposed to come and get him and bring him to his next interview didn't come for like five. Actually, she eventually, it was like five minutes later. So we were just standing around chatting with Michael Palin. And he wasn't, you know, like just checking his phone and pretending we're not there. Like he was to- totally into it and uh, super, super nice and funny guy. And also Rick Mercer. Oh, yeah. He was a blast. Uh, we, yeah. we interviewed him together too. And uh, he was a blast as well. As all, I mean, he's so freaking funny. It's Rick Mercer, right? Like, what do you expect? So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, every one of them we have stories that we could tell about. But those are three that sort of stick out of my head. Okay. So another big thing happened in Ages and Icons uh, history this year. <laughs> um, it's historical. Mike is uh, no longer a single dude. He's married. And he married a guest who's actually coming out in a couple minutes, Laura. Laura's our digital content editor here at Zoomer. So, Mike, I I noticed a pep 
in your step lately, like even more <laughs> so than usual. So tell us how, how it feels to be married. Yeah, it feels amazing. Um, Laura started working here a couple years ago, and that's how we met. And uh, she actually, funnily enough, her and I went to the same journalism school together mm. uh, in the same school. That you never in the, met. In the same program at the same time, even in the same newsroom. But we never met. Uh, what? She, she remembered editing my work when she saw my name. Uh, on Zoomer, she remembered my name because she had edited some of my stuff, but we never actually met. That I didn't was, even know this. Yeah, that was seven, uh, eight, nine years ago now. Oh, wow. We were in the same building, and, the same, and this is at like Centennial College, like a small college, not like a gigantic university, right? So we were in the room together, and we never met. And then there's a, we have a mutual friend here who works at Zoomer who, uh, you know, told Laura about a job opening, and Laura applied and got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, long story short, we met again then. We didn't. We never met. And nine years later, she gets, uh, or I guess at that point it was about seven years later. She got hired at Zoomer, and we met for the first time, wow. personally. And and from there it was almost literally like straight from go. Love at second sight. Seven years later. You know what it was. <laughs> She's like you. She's, uh, she's, you know, you've never been in an office with Gina. Her voice can travel, and so can Laura's. Yeah. And I walked in the Laura's second day on the job. I guess the first day on the job, yeah. uh, people didn't really notice her there because she was her, her desk was pushed back, so nobody really said anything when they would walk past her. So the second day on the job, when I walked in, I walked past her. I didn't say anything in the morning, and all I hear is uh, "Good morning," and it was her. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, jeez, oh, sorry, good morning," and uh, and. From there, that was it. <laughs> it was true love from then on. From there, seven seven years later. Seven years later, a match a made in Zoomer. Sites, uh, she snaps at you to say good morning <laughs> and true love. And now I'm going to say good morning to her for the rest of my life. Ah, uh, that's amazing. Okay, well, let's let them in. They're outside waiting like a bunch of cattle. Come on in. Welcome, Laura. Welcome, Kim. So, guys, welcome to Ages and Icons. Why do we have our headphones on when I can't hear, my, I can't don't hear have me? Or oh, you, you don't have to wear the headphones. Your headphones are plugged into do we anything. Have to? You don't have to in. wear headphones. Oh. Where are they plugged into? They're plugged into something. Okay. Um, please, I have, to, <laughs> I have to pause the show to explain the, uh, the magic, the behind the scenes. Yes. Pardon me. Ding, 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 ding. All right, so we've got our guests in studio now, two very special guests to celebrate the holidays with us. And they're well-behaved, right, Kim? Absolutely. (laughs) So Kim Itzo, our deputy editor at Zoomer Magazine, and Laura Grande, our digital content editor for EverythingZoomer.com. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. I saw you hesitate. Laura's also the lovely bride we were just talking about. Oh, congratulations on on getting married this year, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, okay. So, you guys are here to uh, fill out the gaps. My, see, Mike and I know a lot of stuff, but we don't know everything, right, Mike? Sure. <laughs> Once I got married, I learned I did not know everything. Oh, oh yeah, that's that's what it took? So, um... No, Kim taught me that a long time ago, <laughs> long before Laura. <laughs> I was priming okay. him. You know. Right. So speaking of weddings, let's talk about the royal wedding that happened in 20... What year is this? 2018? It was in May. Uh, it was in, in May. May 18th, wasn't it? 19th. May 19th. It was on May 19th, 2018. And, just, and, and to be clear, it was Prince Harry yeah. and Meghan Markle that actually got married. That's what right? it was. Very important, yes. right? Windsor Castle. Mm-hmm. The ginger and the, ginger. the, the actress. Mm-hmm. The that's American awesome. the divorcee. Oh, yes. that's right. Yeah. She had a lot of stuff. 
that they were that was quite controversial. I mean, there's always That's hype. Awesome. There's always so much hype leading up to a royal wedding, and and what will happen, and will they have this? Will they have that? You look back on it now, eight whatever it is, eight months later or so. Um, well, whatever it is, I mean, what what sticks out about this wedding? What made it special? Well, I mean, there's a few things that made it unique. I mean, obviously that she was an American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is a, a mixed race woman. You know, she's you know her mother's black, and um, so that was a big. That's obviously a big thing in the culture, yeah. you know, uh, and for the royal family. And I think what stuck out for me was um, her mother was the only part of the, her family that actually attended the wedding. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know what that says about her frayed relationships with her other family. But what was lovely is that when her father ended up bowing out of the wedding due to health, I'm using air quotes. Um, <laughs> due to being a, a jerk, I guess? But yeah. yeah. Well, who Cookie? knows? Who knows? She loves her dad. That was a statement. But anyways, my point being... <laughs> was that an official statement? It was yes. actually. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, Put up by Kensington Palace. But actually, what was what was touching is that Harry, you know, asked his father, Prince Charles, which is the next line of the throne, to actually help walk her down the aisle, and so he did that. And he also took really lovely care of her mother, uh, Daria Ragland. And I think that was quite moving to see Charles be sort of more humanized in that way. Um, I think the wedding was beautiful. It was touching. It was beautiful. Um, I don't know. What else do you think, Laura? Well, piggybacking on that, though, I love that, yes, Charles walked her down the aisle, but only at a certain point. She actually entered and walked down the majority of the aisle alone, which, correct me if I'm wrong, we've never seen at a royal wedding before. No, I don't think so. So that in and of itself, I think, was a pretty big pretty big deal big statement yeah that was uh, that was really cool and she's expecting she is yeah. Mm-hmm. pregnant yeah we don't she just found out about this I she got knocked oh, out we? pretty quick yeah yeah oh wow yeah probably about two months in yeah yeah because by the time they announced it she was almost 13 weeks so oh. yeah yeah thinking shotgun wedding or <laughs> no <laughs> no not quite no. that because she's that. due in the spring they haven't really given specific dates yet but people are guessing either late March early April mm-hmm and they're taking bets on the name of the baby. They are already. Mm. My my favorite is Wayne, but I don't know Wayne. that's actually going to happen. Wayne. Wait, Wayne's on, not happening. Wayne. Come on, Prince Wayne. That's never happened before. How great would that be? <laughs> what a random name. Well, he also wouldn't be a prince though. The kid. Oh, okay. So it could be Wayne. Duke, Duke Wayne. Duke oh. be a Duke. <laughs> Now that sounds like a like a Western. Character. Yeah, it's Duke, like well, John, John Wayne, Wayne Duke, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's actually cool. I'm, you know, See, we're yeah, all, we that have, sounds we have two cool. For, yeah, for Wayne now. I, I'm I getting go for into it, Wayne. Wayne. I vote Wayne too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are the other? Is Dirk an option? Duke Dirk. <laughs> Duke Dirk. Well, <laughs> <laughs> or Luke? We're talking Western. Luke Darth. No? They had um, Expedia did a big poll, like, and they basically investigated what European royals have been naming their babies for decades. And so I actually have it here with me. Oh, please share. The top three female names for all of Europe in royal families is Victoria, Mary, and Louise. We've heard, we've heard these names before. I don't know that they'll go for those names. We'll see. Well, there is a Lady Louise Windsor at Prince Edward's uh, Daughters Louise. Hmm. Yes. Do we know that it's a girl? No, no. we don't know. Oh, okay. we, so don't even, we don't names. even know officially Laura's what it's gonna, do. Laura's oh, going to go to the boys' names. And then the boys, the top three Wayne. are... Wayne, besides Wayne, <laughs> Albert, George, and Charles. Now, they're not going to choose George because we already have mm-hmm. a little yeah. Prince George. Yeah. And but would they choose Charles with Prince Charles being the next king? Like, they might. still alive to name it yeah. after yeah. the Branson, living. Yeah. A lot of families do that. I don't think we should count them out, though, for naming a daughter Diana. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, the, this kid's not going to reach the throne. They're going to be seventh in line to the throne. Yeah. So, like, I, I see it as it's a nice way to pay tribute to the late 
Yeah, I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for that. Uh, Princess Charlotte already has it as one of her many middle names, but I'm waiting for like one of them to actually get it as a first name. Or Elizabeth. Or Elizabeth, but because they're not like ever going to reach the throne, I feel like they have a little more freedom as to what they can name this kid versus William and Kate, I think, really have to stick to to tradition. tradition. Hence Wayne. Hence Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. Those are good names. Well, one of the big stories this year was, uh, especially here at Zoomer, was how women over 50 sort of... Uh, took charge of the cultural firestorm. We're sort of in the center of it uh, in in different ways. We talk about like the return of Murphy Brown and uh, people looking to Candace Bergen as Murphy Brown to sort of be a counterpoint to President Trump, um, you know, which, which kind of ties back into his reactions to older women, Hillary Clinton and, and so forth. Um, and then, I mean, Roseanne was a, a big deal coming back and then getting canceled. You had actresses like Ashley Judd and Selma Hayek. And uh, I always say her name wrong. I'm sorry. Annabella Sciorra. Sciorra. Yeah. Sciorra. And of course, Mira Sorvino. And Mira Sorvino, exactly. Uh, leading the Me Too stand at the Oscars. Nicole Kidman took a stand for against ageism at the Golden Globes. And this was a huge year for uh, women in our Zoomer demo over the age of 50, like taking charge and leading the, leading the crusade. Yes, yes, it was. Um, I mean, when you think See, of- this is how Mike asks questions. He brings us into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, actually. And then it gets you to be basically you just want to say, so what do you think about all these broads standing up for themselves? That's how I would ask the question. Yeah. And are we asking that? Is that the question? That is the question. Essentially, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's interesting because you talk about Mir Savino and Ashley Jug taking a stand at the Oscars. Well, of course, they took a stand much earlier of than course, that. Of course, yeah. Uh, when the news broke uh, in October 2017, it was uh, Savino and Judd who put their names on the line in the New York mm-hmm. Times and in, uh, in the, I think the New Yorker as well. With I can't remember. What, I think it was the New York Times actually for them, but it could have been the, the Ronan Farrow story. So they um, coming to the forefront in the Oscars, I think, was obviously symbolic. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's an interesting time for any any generation of woman right now of women. Sorry, uh, you see people like Jane Fonda, who's a well known activist, who's now in her eighties, and she hasn't slowed down at all in talking about the times up. Yeah, and Me Too hashtag Me Too. I think most women have experienced that at some point in their lives. So. Uh, it's 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 an interesting place to be. Uh, I don't know where it's going, and it's controversial for lots of reasons. Um, but I think it's uh, you know hope you know it's has to happen, and I'm I'm I've, I've been happy to see it happen and yeah. and watch it happen. Now, obviously, I'm sitting in a room with three women, um, so. My question is, I mean, it, it like you said, Kim, it offers a lot of hope for change. It offers mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity for change. It's inspiring for everybody, man, women, or otherwise, to see these people take this sort of stand. Um, as women, do you feel that there is change coming, or, or that, or that change is already happening? It's ha- it's totally happening. Yeah. It's happening. It is happening. So systemic change takes a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what specific type of change are you talking about here? Like, well, mean, yeah, like, and, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. And it's like it's a gigantic issue, right? Like you can take it from so many different angles. It's very mm-hmm. true, though. It's still going to be interesting to see what actually happens. Like with the case of Harvey Weinstein, there's already some of the charges you know have been dropped. Yeah. And so, are they going to get a a, a a conviction out of right. Weinstein? Most people are saying no. Mm. And the only conviction this movement's really had so far is Bill Cosby, you know. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see down the road what happens. I think systemic change is quite hard. I think people are much more cautious now. And I think you see meetings in Hollywood now when there's men and women in the room, the door's left open. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more of that going on and people are more cautious. People are giving lip service to it. But down the road to see if that kind of behavior can actually change, you know, I don't know. We'll see, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Just in general, it's really moved women and young girls 
along in, in such a great way. And, uh, and, and hopefully I, young boys, too. And young yes. boys, too. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say you know. to exactly just the way we we talk to people I think teach our children how to talk to people you know and that's Mm. where the change is going to I think come it's not going to be the people who are on, you know, in their 60s and 70s that are going to make the most change it's the kids who are going to the generational change is going to happen and that's going to be really nice to see yeah, I interviewed a woman named Joanne Lipman. She's a, an author and, a, and an entrepreneur, and and uh, she was talking. She, I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact name of the book right now. It was an interview for a story I did with Suzanne Summers, but she was talking about um, this test you can take that uh, she included in her book. But it was basically a test that you can take to see if you have any sort of um, un, uh, bias. Uh, gender bias unbeknownst to you you know you might say no no I'm, I'm all for equality and everything but perhaps there are some underlying gender biases that you don't realize you have mm-hmm. and so yeah, she sure. said, but she said she took the test the woman who who's like you know crusading for equality and she got 50 percent on it so she had like wow. a 50 percent like gender bias against women I and like stuff that. stuff that she didn't realize and and i just know as, as a man like even here at zoomer we have a colleague uh who's very vocal about these issues. And one time I, I used the term girls when referring to women and mm-hmm. she called me on it and she was right. Was, it wasn't uh, the Lena Dunham show you were referring to? No, 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 I wasn't. It was, I, would, but, I use but, girls a lot so myself. And why is that bad? I don't know. I, I it's maybe it's for different us, for Kim, women to say it. Well, you saying the woman's, you know, using girls was bad, you said. Well, you know what? I, it was like if we were getting and ready to come to this it. podcast, I said, okay, girls, let's go. It would sound like talking to you three. Yeah, yeah there's something. It's true. Cause if there I said is something it to about us, you saying, saying calling us girls. It does bother right. me yeah. when... Yeah, but if I said, "Hey, girls, let's get some chocolate," would you guys find that? No, because it's more of um, affectionate. Yeah, and I will say something else. It may also you may also see as confusing and and hypocritical, Mike. I also don't mind if a gay man says it either. Hmm. Says what? Girls? Says girls. Yeah, but a straight man. It's interesting. This is something. This is a gender. I'm of a certain age, though. But I'm like, I'd be happy being called girl. Because I'm like no, 110. Yeah. So. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that you know, I could yeah. definitely, I have this gender bias too. All the yeah, time. Yeah, no, I do too. Do I'm trying to say, do I say boys? Well, the whole point, the I whole say thing about this man, movement to me, boys. this is the whole thing about this movement. I say gentlemen. It's not, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to pass judgment oh. onto you, Mike, for saying anything or someone else yes, or even are. myself. Let's pass judgment onto Mike. No, no. It's important that we don't pass judgment, Kim, okay. because we're trying to get people to come along and move forward with us. I know, but you know. Well, that's why this colleague was good. Like, she wasn't judging, but she was, like, pointing it out, like, hey, just so you realize you do say this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And ever since then, I'm very conscious of that. And it, it was something that I didn't mean in a derogatory way, but I understand yeah, how no. it see- comes off as that and it can be taken that way. Yeah. yeah. And so I actively try to curb that behavior. But it's those, anyway, just to point out those things that sometimes we don't realize we're doing them, but yeah. we're doing yeah. them. With any yeah. big movement, too, there's bumps in the road. Of course. There's a exactly, learning curve yeah. with anything, right? Yeah, I'm all about the learning curve. You know, learn. But, like, you know, don't take forever to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. We're waiting here, Mike. Come on. Well, I mean, an- another uh, one of the women that we interviewed earlier this year, Jane Seymour, she had kind of a, a big moment this year, mm-hmm. too. She became the oldest woman in history to pose in Playboy. Yeah. Was she nude? She wasn't no, nude. No, she wasn't nude. She was sort of Tastefully in lingerie. Tastefully clad. Yeah. But, so uh, then why is that a big deal? She was sexy, man. She looks great. Those are great photos. I agree but with why you. why is it a big deal? And we asked That's her like about that. That's like a woman posing in Vogue at 70. Like, why is that in tasteful, in tasteful fashion? Why is that a big deal? If she's not naked. It was... But there's women... Po- people keep whispering, her age, her age. The thing is, like, <laughs> so... 
It's, if she's not naked, it's not Playboy. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. If she was naked at 67 or however old she is in Playboy, then I'm like, well, look, barrier's broken. But, you know, you get women older than that in, in Vogue wearing probably less. So do that, you? Sure, really? sometimes. You get swimwear stuff. I'm sure you do. Oh, wow, nice. You know, or you just get women of a certain age in fashion and mm-hmm. stuff like that that are, look just as good as Jane Seymour. So what's the big yeah. deal? I, I'm asking. Yeah, well... I mean, that's a good point. She was covered. She was wearing lingerie or wearing like a fur or something. We, uh, Gina and I interviewed her and we talked to her about it. She said she did it because she was asked. Um, And I asked her that same question. Like, how does it feel for everybody to be like, oh, my God, Jane Seymour. Why is she in Playboy? She's 67. But it's not a barrier. It's not broken. Unless she's naked. That's what Playboy stands for is nudes. Tasteful nudes. I I know what you're saying. No, no, no. But it's it's a good point because I get what Kim's saying. If she was posing naked at 67, it would be a huge deal because most people don't pose naked at that age. But if she's just... A model with nice wearing clothes. I get clothes. that because when I heard that she was posed for Playboy, I was like, oh my God, immediately searched for the photos. Saw them and I was kind of like, oh. She oh, was, she yeah. was posed for Playboy. Right. Yeah. It wasn't what I thought. Yeah, she was a model. She <laughs> could be Victoria's Secret. Like, whatever. Okay, moving on, Mike. <laughs> I bring up Bruce Springsteen because, uh, number one, Kim is a huge fan. Hey. Uh, and also Laura. <laughs> Uh, as well, he is still touring and still recording and, and doing all the stuff that we and love from sexy. the boss. And How still about sexy. his Broadway show? He hasn't, he hasn't been touring for a year. He's been on Broadway. Uh, saying. No, it's true. Did you no, get wait, what? What's the name of his show? Springsteen on Broadway. Oh, okay. It's, cl- it's, it's straightforward to yeah. the point. No. Okay. And it's going to be on Netflix too, isn't it? Yeah, yes. he's, his last show is, I think, the 14th, yeah. and it's on, I think, that day. So that's what I'll be doing. 2018 uh, saw a number of classic rock artists and, and beloved uh, musicians retire from the road, retire from touring, and uh, some of them wrapped up their farewell tours. Some of them uh, are still in the midst of it. Uh, just a, a quick list that I put together: Elton John, uh, he's in the midst of his farewell tour. Paul and Simon, extending it. yeah, and extending it. We uh, El- uh, Paul Simon announced his and finished it already. Neil Diamond as well. Uh, Joan Baez, Rush announced that they're basically. I mean, they were kind of broken up anyway at this point. But uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Leonard Skinner, Slayer. Uh, Eric Clapton Slayer 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 yeah <laughs> one of these things is nice. not like and I mean Eric Clapton mentioned he's going deaf and he's not but he's not going to stop touring but oh. uh, but it's it's an interesting thing with these because we would joke uh, we've joked and talked about it before how like Mick Jagger is still going with the yeah. Stones and the Who had how many and the Who concerts. exactly right but we're saying like one day Mick Jagger will be like dancing on stage like he does like doing the chicken dance and he'll trip and fall and like break something and an entire generation will gasp and then age like a decade in that one moment you know because like <laughs> these rock stars who we, who people grew up with like it keeps you feeling I think uh, young? young because yeah. they're still rocking and then when these these guys and women start to retire it's almost like the end of an era. It feels kind of sad. Well, for me, you didn't include the one I'm going to. I'm going to see Cher this year. But she's not Cher's the tour. queen well, of farewell tours. She's sort you know. of. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. She's <laughs> been on one long tour. She's been on a farewell tour. I've for seen a the first uh, <laughs> back in 2003, I think, when so I would believe came out. Right. I went to yeah. that one, uh, the first of the farewell tours, and she did call it a farewell yeah. tour then. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm going to see her again, and I can't wait. And she's got a Broadway show out too. But you know that it's like Cher. Cher's not going to yeah. stop either. Like mm-hmm. Cher keeps the whole generation feeling super young too. I'm at, this true. woman has been 
a huge star from, think about this, since the age of 16, and now she's 70 to 72. Yeah. How many yeah. decades is that? It's like That's four. That's math for me, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot five. It's, yeah. oh my God, crazy, crazy. <laughs> Actually, Elton John said, I'm not going to do what Cher did. I'm not doing the Cher retirement tour, but I'll, I like her clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Elton, actually, because we're going to see Elton uh, when he comes back yeah. to Toronto. He had this thing where he told his kids, apparently, uh, I guess semi-jokingly, but actually he means it. When I'm dead, don't put me as a hologram on stage. Don't oh, let me yeah. tour well, the world a thing, as a hologram. Yeah. Like, that's a thing now that these... Wasn't well, they do Michael Jackson recently? Michael... Or was it Prince? Both. No, Michael Jackson. Yeah. I think they've Prince. done both. I think they've well, done both. Well, they did something weird with Prince they, of the They did Super Prince Bowl. with Purple Rain and yeah, something. Yeah, they did something. Yeah. And Michael Tupac. Jackson was a few years ago. Yeah, and Tupac in the past, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's becoming more of a thing. But there was a... I, I don't remember where I read it. I think it may have been in Rolling Stone. But there was a theory that with uh, the deaths in 2016 and 2017 of not just one or two performers from that generation, but a whole bunch, you know, David Bowie, Prince, Tom Petty, yeah. uh, George Michael, Greg Allman, and, and so, so on and so forth, it kind of served as a reality check. Like that all of these, yeah. their peers, a lot of them died. So George Michael was young. I know. Really young. 53. Uh, well, so I mean, Prince. Yeah. So, I mean, David Bowie to an extent, not as young as them, but only yeah. in his... 69. In his, yeah, yeah, he was very yeah. young. Um, so almost served as a reality check maybe for some of these artists who are you know thinking oh man if I, I want to do anything go. after touring yeah. maybe I should yeah. start wrapping mm-hmm. up and spend that time with the family and then Mick and Keith just go on forever mm-hmm. and and Bruce is still going he's 69 yeah I know he's got energy like to spare that guy so what did you see what he has he announced no, anything who, who, after? who's 69 Bruce Springsteen okay he's mentioned so many names right oh, now oh sorry like, yeah <laughs> but I, I don't know I don't know I haven't heard about a tour plan for Bruce after his Broadway no. thing. I think he's taking... That's uh, what I'm waiting for, though. Yeah. Oh, me too. I want the next <laughs> yeah. Springsteen tour. Because we often, we don't hear necessarily until they announce it, but they definitely announce when they're not doing it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But actually, once I, uh, for Zoomer, I interviewed Michael Jackson's bodyguards, and they were saying, you know, when you're Michael Jackson, even when you were 50, uh, people come and they see you in concert and they expect to see Michael Jackson moonwalking and dancing and doing everything you did when you were 20. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're older or if your body hurts or you're injured. And, you know, that's what I always think of when I think of, like, uh, a Mick Jagger. You know, like, he can't – I guess he could because it would be a cool concert, but he can't really go on stage and just sit on a stool and sing. He's got to dance around. Same with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Right? He does all that. He's a very physical Mm -hmm. performer, right? High energy, yeah. But, you know, when you see him in person, the man's fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just going to say it again. <laughs> okay, Kim, we MIT. get it. You're hot for Bruce. <laughs> Just saying. There was one other uh, singer I wanted to talk about very quickly, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Leonard Cohen. Oh, of course. Of course. Everybody knows I love Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen. Zoomer loves Leonard Cohen. Yeah, of course. Uh, Zo- Zoomer. Leonard Cohen in 2018 released his last book of, I guess, poetry, writing, yeah. uh, released posthumously called The Flame. And it's really interesting. We got a copy here at Zoomer, and it has uh, the text messages he sent to people the day he died. Oh, my oh, God. I didn't know that. And, uh, yeah, it's got, like, a little messages that he sent. He had been emailing with a friend. Um, I remember just sort of bookmarking the page to show to some people here. And so it's not just his poetry and his writing that he's been doing for the last few years and, and some lyrics, but also just some of these really personal effects. But he also won his first ever Grammy in 2018. Yes, I know. Best rock Which performance. Which is crazy. Shocking, really. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Really? First? Yeah. Best rock performance. Well, he also yeah. just got his Canada Walk of Fame star, too, Just didn't the he? other day, yeah. yeah as we record this, it was yeah. just last I don't know weekend. what people were waiting for. I know. Him to die, shocking. apparently. Uh, apparently, yeah. 
Well, that's what it's it all so happened. dark. I know, but <laughs> Kim just calls it like it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just wanted to throw on a bit of Leonard there, and also very quickly, it was also uh, Zoomer's tenth anniversary in 2018. Yes. And Kim is the only one in this room who was there. Who's ten? <laughs> Who's ten? <laughs> in Zoomer years. Yes. Well, you know, we've evolved. We still have top-notch writers, some of the country's best writers. Uh, we still do nice long reads. You know, we're always current and try and stay on top of trends. So it's always been our mission is a positive view of aging. So that hasn't changed. Um, we still try to get, you know, the, the, the most interesting people for our covers. And, uh, you know, we're just, uh, you, you keep kicking me. Am Sorry, I that's the wrong an thing? accident. Okay. <laughs> You're not saying the wrong thing at all. Is it true that there were like certain goals when you started, certain people that you wanted to profile or have on the mm. cover? Yeah. And then, like, I feel like Jane Fonda was one of them because I remember when we got her, everybody was really Very happy excited. About yeah, that. I mean, we when we first started the magazine 10 years ago, we created a, a master list of who we thought would be great to get on the cover. And we've have we achieved all of those yet? No, but we've gotten most of them. Uh, one of the big gets that we got, and I think it took us six or seven years, is uh, Jane Fonda. Hmm. Um, she was a hard one to get on the cover, but once um, Grace and Frankie was on Netflix, uh, Netflix uh, delivered her to us, hmm. and we were able to go fly to California and do an original shoot and interview with her. And there was a set visit on Grace and Frankie, and that was a big that was a big deal. Um, getting Oprah for 2018 was a big yeah. deal for us. Um, the Prime Minister. Yes. Justin Trudeau. Yes. You know, um, yeah, that took a, a year's worth of working with the Prime Minister's office. That Suzanne Boyd, our editor-in-chief, worked hard on that, developing that relationship. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, getting th- anyone, though, it, they're all hard together, always exciting when they come to us. You know, like mm-hmm. Helen Mirren was obviously exciting. Kevin Costner was exciting for me because I did the interview. Kevin Costner was exciting for everybody because we could all hear you doing the interview outside <laughs> I know, Everyone office. hovered outside my I wish I was there closed door and just listening to that very distinctive voice. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you a big Costner fan? I am. Oh. How is, that, uh, how is that interviewing someone that you're a big fan of? And Well, I wish it was in person and not just because he's gorgeous, but because right. it's always better in person. I mean, when I did, um, when I interviewed Jeff Bridges, I, was at, I had lunch with him in California in uh, Santa Barbara, and that was spectacular. Because then you could really have a story when you're sitting there across from right. someone having a meal with them and you get a more sense of their person. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Costner, it's harder on the phone. I mean... Um, and being a fan of theirs, no, it, it depends on the person, right? Because sometimes you have a fan and you meet them and it's a real let- letdown when you meet the real person, right? Sure. He ex- exceeded expectations. He was so gracious, so lovely. And in fact, when the publicist cut into the phone call and said, it's time, you have your, you have your 15 minutes. He's like, no, I want to keep talking to her. And we went another 15 minutes with me. Oh, nice. That's the best feeling mm. when they override the publicist. Yeah, I love yeah. that. It's yeah. always a little good, good for the good old the, yeah. the reporter guy. Um, and he was just so lovely and gracious and intelligent and really wanted to talk movie and the work and was very, very passionate about what he was doing. And, and yeah, he's just a lovely person. Oh, cool. Someone you want to have a bourbon with. Absolutely. A bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and another thing is uh, the, the uh, Zoomer, Zoomers had uh, the website, everythingzoomer.com, but this year we relaunched it, right, Laura? Yeah, earlier in, actually almost a year ago, January. Mm-hmm. What's relaunched. different about it now? It's just... Oh, the whole look. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful it, now. Yes, it's, it's big and beautiful. User experience, yeah. everything. Everything's faster. Continuous scroll. Continuous scroll. Yes. Video. You can have articles for days. Yeah. Just keep for reading. Days. Just keep going. <laughs> Weird. Ah. Ah. See, I knew it. Thank God I, I like, did. Mine sounds like a duck. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, we're back. They all sound like ducks, don't they? Where's my? No. What is mine? That's awesome. Mine sounds like a dying duck. That's so not a duck. It was like me when it's I was supposed to sound movie. like this. <laughs> oh. Do you want a different one? Okay, so Gina's disqualified because we no, can't take that seriously. It's perfect. This is your horn needs a hole. We're testing our, our New Year's horns. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're hearing is the little New Year's blowers that the three women have. They're going to... Th- the three women. The three, <laughs> the three girls. Not the girls, the yeah, women. Mike, that's right. <laughs> the three right, females Mike. in the room with We've me. all trained you well. <laughs> I just don't call us ladies either. Yeah. I'm no lady. They're going to they're they're gonna gonna... blow the horn uh-huh. when they have the answer. It's going to be like their bell to ding in. We sure will. Like Jeopardy. So tell the audience, this is Christmas and... Uh, Christmas, Christmas movies, movies and songs. Christmas movies and music. Trivia. Gotcha. Go ahead. A lot of these films are uh, classic films. Actually, Wait, hold on a minute. Classic. So we're trying to guess the name of the movie at the point? Uh, well, some of them will be the name of the okay. movie. Some will be the name of the star. Some right, will be the name of the singer it. of the hold song. Hold on a minute. I have to set up the ambiance. It's time for Christmas movies and music trivia. <laughs> Do we all feel good? Yes. I hope this song's not one. one of your questions. The 1942 film Holiday Inn features the classic song White Christmas, which has become the world's best-selling single. Which Holiday Inn star sings a song? <laughs> oh, that was Kim. Crosby. Yep. <laughs> I, that blow doesn't even work. Oh, you that was amazing. I think Kim got that. Yeah, she did get it. Yeah. What's the answer, ben Kim? Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby. All right. I'm glad I didn't Number answer. two. I was going to be wrong. I knew that. This 1946 Frank Capra holiday classic proved an inspiration to audiences, but actually caused perspiration for its performers. That's because the winter set film was actually shot during a summer heat wave. <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. That was I a really long question, yeah. by the I way. Can you tell I've been watching Jeopardy <laughs> all these? Long-winded. Like... Yeah, yeah. What is It's a Wonderful Life? The 1947 holiday film Miracle on 34th Street is a beloved classic with a courtroom twist. In the movie, a man who works as a department store Santa is put on trial for claiming to be someone. Who does he claim to be? <laughs> Santa Claus. Yeah. I hate these. <laughs> there you there go. There we go. It's the green ones suck. There you go. All right. Question the fourth. Originally panned by American audiences upon its theatrical release in 1951, this British-made Christmas film starring Alistair ah. Sam... Yep, Laura. <laughs> Christmas Carol or Scrooge. Nope. Oh, Can you finish it depends on where it's, called, where it's yeah. released. Okay, we'll give you The that. British-made oh. Christmas film starring Alistair Sim is now considered a classic. Okay. Okay. Christmas Carol. Yeah. A Scrooge. Or Scrooge, depending on where it's it was Christmas released. Carol. That's what I call it, yes. Yeah. All right. In the 1966 TV special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which famous horror movie actually... Which famous horror movie actor voiced ah. the Grinch? Bela Lugosi? No. Ah. Vincent Price? No. Damn no, it. I know this. Uh, you, you know it, Gina. You yes, know it I know it, soul. too. I don't know it. Oh, ah. Boris Karloff? Yep. Ah. I was going to yes. say Bela Lugosi, and I'm like, wait, he didn't have an accent. <laughs> no, but yeah. But, <laughs> the B, I know. That's why I'm like, yeah. the B. Boris Karloff. I, mean, I always confuse those two. Good so stuff, Boris Kim. Yeah. All right. All right, number six. Though not meant as a holiday film, many consider this 1988 action movie an alternative Christmas classic. Ah. I think that was Gina. Scrooged? Die no. Hard. <laughs> die, oh, hard. die Hard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. Die Hard. I think Kim Scrooged. got that one. Scrooged. That is a Christmas movie. I know. <laughs> this 1990 Christmas comedy proved so popular that it landed in the Guinness Book <laughs> of World... Home Alone? Yes. There you go. Gina got one. It landed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the highest grossing live action comedy ever. Huh. 
Interesting. All right, so Kim's got four, Laura's got two, and Gina's got one. I want to. What's the prize? Dark chocolate. Anyways, <laughs> you get to keep the horn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can have the other two. <laughs> Uh, number eight in Tim Burton's 1993 film The Nightmare Before Christmas main character Jack Skellington leaves his kingdom and stumbles into Christmas Town what is the name of the kingdom he left behind uh, <laughs> is that ha- Halloween land Halloween Town Halloween Town oh, I that up. I've never seen the movie <laughs> yes good job Laura good job right. good job Number nine, This if, if Kim gets it, she clinches it. All right. In 2011, a Christmas movie soundtrack uh, of Danny Elfman's music was finally released. Uh, and I say finally because the Christmas movie that the soundtrack belonged to actually hit <laughs> theaters in 1988. What movie was it? Edward Scissorhands? Nope. Wait, say it, say it again. Say question yeah. again. Well, you didn't let me finish the question. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. yeah, Laura. In what? 2011, a Christmas movie <laughs> soundtrack of Danny Elfman's music was finally released. Danny Elfman Christmas movie soundtrack. And I say finally because the Christmas movie that the soundtrack belonged to actually hit theaters in 1988, 23 years earlier, and starred Bill Murray. <laughs> Scrooged. Yes. Because <sighs> I put that in your head. No, I knew that answer. Okay. Bill Murray, what else would it be? <laughs> Kim's got four, Laura's got four, Gina's got one. Right, tiebreaker. And this is the 10th question. Yeah. That's okay. my favorite Christmas movie, Scrooge. Yeah, is it anybody great. else's? Right. No, no, it's not my favorite. In the 2017 biographical drama The Man Who Invented Christmas, who is the man referenced in the film's <laughs> title? Charles Dickens. That's right. Yes! I, I, I haven't seen that one, so I haven't seen it. Yay! <sighs> hey, Laura, you win nothing but uh, Laura, holiday Laura, cheer. Laura owns Christmas. In fact, I own Christmas. <laughs> it Good is job, Laura. Exactly. Yay! Laura's the winner. Yay! Um, just quickly before we let you, lady, before we let you, femme fatale and woman go. <laughs> Um, am I the woman? <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's more natural. Yeah, yeah that's way more natural. Anything uh, in particular, pop culture-wise, that you're looking forward to in 2019? Mm. I'm looking forward to season three of uh, Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Not exactly Christmas fair. But well, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, well, uh, and it's not. What, well, aren't you looking forward to the, the next Star Wars movie? Oh, yeah, I am, actually. That w- You know, I am and I'm not, because that was supposed to be Princess Leia's movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And, of course, she, oh. Carrie Fisher passed away, so I don't know what they're going to do with it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm kind of dreading it at the same time. Also, Downton Abbey fan. Are you excited for that movie? Uh, yeah, Downton Abbey movie is coming out. I'm not particularly excited, because I'm like, they, they really closed off the series, I thought, quite beautifully, and I'm kind of like, so now what? It sort of feels like the Sex and the City movies. It's like, really? Do you need a movie? <laughs> really? That, I've never heard those in the same sentence before. Sex and the City and Downton Abbey. Well, because they're both TV shows that have a yes. meaning, right? And it's sort of like, why? And they're both raunchy. We all know. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> what they get up to in Abbey. Too much. Hey, Lady Mary, her lover died in her bed the very first episode, oh. so come on. Oh. Yeah. How about um, you, Laura? I'm really looking forward to... Oh, Gina. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking forward to yet, so Gina can go. A Game of Thrones. Isn't that coming back? Am I wrong? Am I still I don't watch another Game, Game of Thrones. I am huge, and I think it's coming back this year. Yeah, 2019. The last season? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I've been looking forward to that for a long time because big nerd. Laura? <laughs> I don't know that I have one. I'm pretty excited Margaret Atwood's writing a sequel to Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. What about comes, the royal baby? September. I, yeah, I'm excited. As excited as one can be about a child that's not theirs. Yeah, I'm excited about the <laughs> royal baby. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Rocket Man movie, the Elton John Rocket Man movie. Also, the rock. I love Elton John. Yeah. I'm going to his concert as yeah. we're going to shares. And that's the great casting. Movie. Who's who is the, what's the kid's name again? Taryn. Uh, uh, Taryn. T- God. Tegan. No. no. <laughs> Taryn. 
Uh, Egerton. 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 Oh. Yeah, that's Edgerton. It. Yeah. Edgerton. Yeah. Is he related to the other Edgerton? No, no spelled differently. There's no. no D. Okay. But that Christmas commercial that they made of Elton Good John cast- with that uh, for the piano. Yeah. That, yeah, that one that went viral. I feel like all the actors in that commercial looked more like Elton than than the guy playing Elton in the movie, but mm-hmm. I have high hopes for the movie. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was a lot of fun. I'm hoping mm-hmm. Rocket Man holds up. This guy's a good singer, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, does he? Oh, he's not lip syncing? Not that I know of, oh. not based on the trailer. Oh. Yeah. I think when I've seen in the trailer when Elton's just sort of like fiddling on the piano, it's the actor. Maybe if they're like in the recording studio, it'll be Elton. But Some voices are too she, iconic to me. That's what I mean. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. With that. You can't Johnny with Cash Freddie was Mercury. okay. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix did a great yeah. job. But Freddie Mercury. I never like, saw no, that yes. movie. Did, does he, he sing Joaquin? He sings the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, good. Cool. Yeah, I have nothing against it. Not if you can do Not it. Not if you can Not do it. But Freddie Mercury is a hard voice to do. You yeah, can't, you that's can't true. Do you cannot. You can't do it's like a doing a Bowie biopic. You yeah. can't impersonate yeah. Bowie. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Hey, when is that coming out? I know, right? That's what I want to watch. Me, too. There's, there's you got to find somebody who's going to get Tilda Swinton to play Bowie. Like, yeah, you got to no, yes. find somebody to do it. Actually, oh, my God. That's a great idea, Mike. I would love Tilda in that. Yeah, no kidding. Or Annie Lennox is the older Holy cow. Oh, Why yeah. are we producing Kim, this? Look get at on you. That you just go agent. to Hollywood. Get on Kim script. should be the casting director yeah, on this yeah, one. Right? Jeez. Well, should we say uh, goodbye and thank you to our guest, Gina? Yeah, God you know what? Us. Goodbye. Mike wants you guys to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't want to keep him as we wrap up. No, guys, thank you so much for stepping yes, by. Thank you very much. for inviting us. We'll see you again in a year. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe um, the we'll Oscars. do this again. Yeah, Oscars. Yeah, Oscars. Maybe for the Oscars. Yeah. Oscars yeah. Cool. Be fun. Let's okay. Do it. All right. Well, Thanks, guys. Happy Merry holidays. Thanks, girls. I can say that. <laughs> All right. So uh, just before we go, Gina, uh, you know, we've been talking about the last year, about pop culture, about uh, Christmas movies and songs that we love, mm-hmm. but. I didn't get to ask you. Did we talk about Christmas about, movies that we love? Well, in the quiz. Because we didn't. I, I mentioned my favorite, and everybody was like, no, it's not. Scrooge is my favorite okay. Christmas movie. And it, they all said, uh, Laura and Kim were like, no, no it's you're not. wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? My, How favorite, could I be wrong my favorite is Scrooge, so it's very close to yours. The Alistair Sim one. I yeah, love that. Except mine's fun. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. That's fun, in a way, in a Victorian way. It's Your accent of a little Victorian boy is fun. <laughs> Dude, who blesses everyone? God bless us, everyone. That, that's my favorite Christmas. I also used to love the Mickey Christmas Carol. I don't know if you ever saw that growing yeah, up. Yeah, I thought you were doing his voice just now. Oh, that was no, that was that was <laughs> the little boy who played Tiny Tim and Scrooge. Yeah. The Rudolph claymation. You know, that's a really fun one. That's a great one. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I love that's like my favorite. So um, Hermie the dentist, Hermie. I interviewed him earlier this year. The actual elf. Yes, it wasn't for Ages and Icons. He's like ninety. The voice, the guy now. that Paul Souls. Oh. He's a Canadian uh, actor, former broadcaster. Wow. He was so he was the voice of Hermie the elf. I'm gonna pull up his age here while we're talking. He was the voice of Hermie the elf in the Rudolph uh-huh. Claymation. He was the. Uh, he was the voice of the original Spider-Man in the Spider-Man cartoons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Wow, yeah. He, and he also did some interviewing on CBC. In fact, there's uh, if you go on YouTube, you can see him interviewing Moses Neimer before uh, when Moses was still at CBC when he was, you know, in the early parts of his career. And he, and he Holy cow. so Paul Souls and Adrian Clarkson, the, the future Governor General of yeah. Canada, are interviewing Moses. So it's kind of an interesting thing. 
So, uh, yeah, he was the first Spider-Man voice huh. and Hermie, and he is... He's 88. <laughs> oh, he's 88. <laughs> off by a few years, but, uh. yeah, Paul Souls. All right. I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I'm very thankful for our audience, and thank you for listening to us at Ages and Icons, our first year. And I uh, look forward to bringing you more episodes in the new year. I'm not sure who we're going to have because we roll like that, you know, very on the fly. Mm. Yeah, we got some things lined I, up. I think, yeah, I think we got some big names coming up and yeah. um, and you'll enjoy that. So thank you to listening to us. And I just want to wish everybody a happy and safe holiday season and a lovely new year. And I hope that next year's going to be great. And I want to thank uh, people who've helped us produce the show. There's, uh, there's Mike, of course, who's great and brings us uh, so many wonderful interviews. And there's Kelly, an audio engineer here. We use her studio, and she helps us out with recording uh, phone calls and, and, and giving us studio time, and that's great. Also, Patrick, who lends us audio equipment, and he's the best. And uh, just so many great people here at Zoomer Media, and we're very thankful for you. So thank you, everybody. Absolutely, Mike? and uh, thank you to Kim and Laura for coming in today and helping us out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I echo Gina's sentiment. It's been a wonderful first year, and watching the audience grow and the, the podcast grow and ourselves grow in here has been a, a real learning experience for us. And without Gina, it wouldn't happen. And without everybody listening, it wouldn't happen. So uh, thank you to Gina. Thank you to everybody. And we look forward to bringing you more in 2019. So I guess until then, happy holidays, uh, happy new year. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next year on Ages and Icons. <laughs> happy new year. <laughs> This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.